This is the Throstle Club with Norman Bartlam and Bob Downing. Many people will have seen the, the blue plaque Bob, yeah. on, on the wall of, uh, the, by the Tony Brown statue of the Hawthorns, and that records the death of Harold Bache, who was one of the Albion players yeah. who died in 1916. Yeah, it, it was interesting really because I, I was reading um, a very good book by Simon Wright um, called Heroes, it was about West Brom. And it, there's quite a big essay on, on Bache, and, and it, you, you, you realise, you know, that had it not been for World War One. And he just remained at the Albion. He could have been one of the greats oh, yes. ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was. I mean, I can only reflect now on what they were saying in 1912-1913. If anybody out there remembers the pass, the Crossfield passes that Bobby Hope used to do in the sixties, and marvel at those and the accuracy of those, this bloke was doing it then. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it was nice, really, because. There's a lot of t- um, newspaper reports from the Midland Chronicle and the Free Press, which were two different newspapers. Now, when I started in journalism, I started with the Midland Chronicle and Free Press because they they joined together then. And to to see, you know, what they were saying about this guy. I mean, he, he was an amateur. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was really interesting that they they seemed to... They used to have a, like a recruitment drive at the Albion. And signing up players for the yeah. First World War. Blimey. Yeah, it was his personality that help, helped to get people to sign up. Mm. Because yeah. again, after he'd signed up, he went back to the Albion, helping with the South, South Staffordshire Regiment. Oh, right. And they, they had campaigns there. And because he was there, people thought, he's doing it, we'll do it. And yeah. It helped to encourage people to sign up. Now, funny you should mention Simon's book, The Cult Heroes, because I've, I've been to see him. Because he has written this... Uh, chapter about uh, Beach and this is what he had to say and also on this clip uh, is Alison Wheatley who's the archivist at uh, King Edward School and that was the establishment where uh, young Harold Beach was mm. there as a pupil at school. I'm in the Worcestershire village of Churchill where Beach was born in April 1889 and is remembered here on the war memorial in the centre of the village. So Howell played 14 times for West Bromwich Albion, that's all. And he was also an amateur, wasn't he, Simon? So why did people think he was going to be such a success? I think because he was an outstanding footballer. Um, It's hard to make comparisons with modern-day players, but if you like, perhaps um, Silver of Manchester City. Small, very quick, very intelligent, very unselfish, if I can use that word. He was far happier setting up goals for other people rather than scoring them himself. And, you know, he was just a clever, clever player who could spot a pass far better than anybody around him. Beach is remembered at his former school, King Edward's in Edgbaston. Harold Beach was admitted to King Edward's school in 1898 and left in 1908. So he was here for 10 years, which was quite a long time. And we have lots of records in our archive um, telling us the story of Harold Beach's school days. Um, I think we all know that he was uh, an excellent and very talented uh, sportsman, and our records confirm that. We know that he played uh, rugby to a very high standard, 
He was an athlete, an all-round athlete. He played fives and cricket. And, of course, we know that he later went on to represent uh, the county at cricket and played for West Bromwich Albion uh, on the football field. But we also know that he was uh, very well respected by his peers. He was, I think, what we would call an all-round good egg. He was a boy of great character, the school magazines tell us. So he was uh, a real gentleman is what we're, uh, the records lead us to believe. When Harold left school in uh, 1908, he went up to Cambridge where he was captain of the cricket and football teams and of course at Cambridge Blue, so his sporting career continued uh, long after uh, his time at King Edward's school. He made his debut in February 1914 at Villa Park in the FA Cup the local press commenting that he brightened up the Albion attack considerably and he possessed the happy knack of getting the best out of his forward colleagues. The Sports Argus reports always made interesting reading. It was reported that the amateur was fast and tricky and occasioned much trouble to United by his speed and subtlety of movement. Later he scored against the Villa in a 3-2 win in the final of the Lord Mayor of Birmingham's Charity Cup. HG immediately caught the eye, the press commenting that a feature of the game was the brilliant play of Harold Beach and his control of the ball was wonderful. Later that month, the press reported that Harold had joined the forces. It was noted that supporters are patriotic and HG will have the best wishes of all Midland sportsmen, he trained with the Lincolnshire Regiment in Grimsby, but moved back home to help with recruitment in Staffordshire, prompting the press to note that his new position will enable him to maintain his connection with the Albion. This is the best bit of news heard in a day in Throsseldom. In January 1916, at Middlesbrough, he scored the only goal of the game in what was to be his last league appearance for the club. The Sports Argus said it was an awesome performance from Beach. Albion's military centre-forward. The Athletic News reported, whilst running at right angles to the posts, Beach suddenly checked the ball and shot with electrifying vigour into the net. It was one of the most brilliantly taken goals that this writer has ever seen, and the occupants of the stand sprang from their seats and gave the military footballer an ovation. That's a great insight there, I think, into the character of Harold Beach. Now, I've been to the place where he was killed during a bloody battle in 1916. It's an area that's called The Bluff, near Ypres, in Belgium. So the whole of this area was extensively shelled, and there were numerous potholes and shell holes similar to this all around the ridge. The highest part of the ridge across here is called The Bluff, and this is where Harold Beach met his death. His commanding officer wrote a letter to his mother saying that he'd been shot by a sniper and that he had died very happily and instantaneously. But one of his pals, Lieutenant Barrett, wrote that his death was instantaneous, but he added to his parents that I won't worry you with the details of his last doings.
1931, when West Bromwich Albion beat Birmingham City in the FA Cup final at Wembley, the players stopped off en route to Wembley at the Cenotaph in central London. And there they laid a wreath in memory not just of Beach, but of other sporting giants who didn't return from the Great War. Harold Beach's body was never found. He has no known grave. So his name is commemorated here in Ypres at the Menim Gate, where his name is one of 57,000 names of people who have no known grave. And every single day of the year, these people are commemorated with a service at 8 o'clock. This is the Throssel Club with Norman Bartlam and Bob Downing. <laughs> 